your night, Trista? Tonight's the night. Tonight already... is your night. Do you feel good? You feel all right no. about your Cowboys? No, no. no I've no. Uh, I've already taken the unders on Dak Prescott. <laughs> his yards. I've taken the under on his touchdowns thrown. I think it's one and a half, and it's plus one hundred to the under. I've taken the under on Ceedee Lamb's alternate. Uh, you, Receiving yards, which oh. is 99 and a half. I uh -oh. kept that to myself, Ryan. Uh -oh. He just has to have less than 100 yards. Uh -oh. uh, I have taken the over on Justin Herbert's passing yards on his uh, passing touchdowns. It's basically going to be uh, another disappointing home game for the Dallas Cowboys that just happens to be in Los Angeles. Wow, man, a lot of so negativity out, right I, there. I, and I think I, I think I know why. I think I know why. Because I'm a mush. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about it tonight. I think you're a little heartbroken right now, and I don't yeah. blame you. And I'm a little heartbroken, but nice also things. not heartbroken because your Ducks did something for me big Pushed. this weekend. No, they actually covered. Uh, remember oh, did you was, have the three and a half? Yeah, yeah that's what MGM was given, and it was minus 115. And I said, you know what? I'll take the three Might and a half well. because I said all week I think this is going to come down to a field goal. Neither team deserved to lose that game. I want to talk about that game in full because a lot of people, for whatever reason, crushing Dan Lanning, and I don't quite understand. Did you see my tweet? Yeah. You remember when they played? No, I didn't. Where I said, here's what we're not going to do. Uh, act like Dan Lanning is Mario Cristobal. Like, that's what we're oh, not yeah. going to do. Because that's what they're saying is like, oh, uh, Dan Lanning, we need to have a talk about Dan Lanning. No, no, we don't so need to. Aggressive. No, we he, don't. He told you guys against Colorado. Like, they weren't running up the score against the Buffs and against Dion. I mean, there was a little bit that they wanted to prove in that spot right there. But he plays, he coaches aggressive, and that's what he did in this spot. And let's be honest, you're not going to – you guys saw Michael Penix. Now the world's been introduced to Michael Penix, and you're not going to beat him with field goals, right? No. So you have to be aggressive. There's one thing I fault Dan Lanning for that I probably would have done differently. But, again, he's a 37-year-old head coach making millions of dollars, and I'm sitting here tonight. Talking uh, about not, Dan Lennon. Not, yeah, talk, like wanting to secretively. I, his poster is on my wall because he's a 37-year-old <laughs> head coach. Framed at everything. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. But uh, the only thing I would have done differently, I would have taken the points, the field goal, going into the half. Going into half, Make Absolutely. it a one-point game, and you go in with some momentum, and you're going to get the ball. You're going right. to get the ball coming out. So that's the only thing I would have done differently, but I get it. And like he said, the defense for Washington was showing some looks that they were looking for. And uh, Bo Nix was excellent. Michael Penix was just a little bit better. But, I mean, that's one of those games, and I know it's, you know, it's cliche, but neither team deserved to lose, and I hope that they both run the table the rest of the way so we get to see it again because those are the two best teams in the Pac-12. You, oh, yeah. you guys all got to see USC. And I love Caleb Williams, but three picks. Rough. He threw that was three bad. picks all of last season. He threw lost the Heisman picks. in that game. To my fighting Irish, and I tell baby. You, and I'm sorry for the yelling, but we won. I tell we you what, it. though. Yeah, we you did, did it, baby. You beat the crap out of them. I all Guinness tonight. It was really Good interesting, choice. too, as an Oregon fan, being the team that was, like, really annoyingly slow and methodical on offense. Because that has always happened to us, where we're scoring in a minute and four seconds. Yeah. And then you go up against another – you go up against the team that you're playing against, and they've got these five, six, seven-minute drives, and they're popping off, like, four yards per run three and a half yards per run and you're like can you guys just figure it out it's very annoying because we've always been this flashy score and two seconds team yeah. and then a team like Ohio State comes in and they just grind you to death now now I understand though we can still as an Oregon team lose that way like we can we on both sides of it we can lose um, which was a heartbreaking thing for me I was so nervous I felt a, a level of optimism for my team that I haven't felt in a long time and I really because we asked you asked about this the other day, yeah. like where are we yeah. at in our fandom? Actually, yeah. I've decided it's actually not true. Uh, it's Oregon number one, and they're right. like it's a close. Okay. It's, not, it's not close to the second because I don't get yeah. emotional like that with the Blazers unless it's like the playoffs, and I do that with the Ducks every single week. Mm.
Bo Nix was awesome in that game, though. I, I like Cam was. And well, I you, love, had, you had great quarterback from quarterback play from both. Yeah. I mean, that was what was so hey, what was made it such a great game. game. It was like, oh my I know. God. I'm really glad that it was. It's like that was just perfect. You didn't have some weird like 10 o'clock kick or anything like yeah. that. Right in the middle, like the early games were all pretty much blowouts except for Alabama, Arkansas, which you kind of that was like, fun. That, that was a fun game. But other than that, it was kind of like you knew what happened. You knew what was going to happen to for the most part. They all were very one sided to get that game the way that was. I was sweating the total for a while there too, though. For you had the over, right? I did. There was it was a little. Like it was going to be an under. Game I was like, first. wait a second, 67 and a half should be reasonable for these two teams, and it wasn't, and then it was, and like, thank God. But yeah, we had some great, great, you know, just great games in college football. Again, it goes back to what we talked about on Friday on the show. Like, college football has actually brought us better games. We had a better Sunday in a lot of ways in the NFL, but like, yeah. college football has brought us really good games uh, this this entire season for the most part. The big matchups, the ones that we're all excited about, are the games that we got that were worth watching all the way through. Yeah, like, let's look at the last couple of weeks. Like, uh, Sunday Night Football, we all get excited for Cowboys, Niners. Yep. And uh, that wasn't even a game. Oh, it was awful. No. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's fun if you're on the uh, Niners side, obviously. Sure. You win your bet, or if you're a Cowboy hater. But, like, as far as living up to the hype, a couple of weeks ago we had the Red River shootout. That game was an instant classic. And yep. you're like, how do we top this? Oh, the next week with Oregon and Washington. And I just, I hope we get both matchups again. And also it looks great for my Heisman futures, not to uh, toot my own horn, but beep, beep, <laughs> Michael Penix Jr. and Dylan Gabriel both looking pretty damn good. But I don't really feel all that great about either right now because this year there's so much parity in college football that, I mean, we could have a one loss, a two loss, there's no chance we get a three-loss team in the playoff, but um, man, what a year! And I completely agree. But it was well, it, it was a pretty crazy weekend, and obviously Sunday in the NFL yeah. too, because we had the two teams that we think are the best teams in the NFC both go down, and both two uh, backup quarterbacks, which odd. Yeah, both both the backup quarterbacks in that game, and Jalen didn't look very good, and Brock Purdy didn't look very good, but at least Brock Purdy has the excuse that he was throwing a wet football, and his entire offensive. Pieces are, were dead. That's like the you key. have Christian McCaffrey yeah. going down with a core or an oblique injury. Debo. You got Debo going down with a core or an oblique injury. T-dub. Yeah, you got uh, Trent yep, T-Dub. You're like you're right. Trent Williams was also hurt. So you got multiple dudes where you're like, I don't really know what to make of this. And and I think we know this about Brock Purdy. Listen, as much as I love the story and I, I think he's got a potential to be a really great quarterback in the NFL, he needs talent around him. And, and we're seeing that he's not the same quarterback when you don't have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and the offensive line isn't blocking for you, which was the case it was more than just Trent Williams being banged up it was that that offensive line in general was not doing their job for them so you watch a 49ers team that couldn't put points on the board and by the way let's give the Browns defense some credit the Browns defense is the best defense in the NFL it was whispered before but the Cowboys were more flashy what we saw from the Browns defense is what we expected from the Cowboys defense against the 49ers last Sunday so now we can sit here and say I don't know what the Browns offense is going to be I don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson and the shoulder injury this sounds like it's certainly going to be a week-to-week thing. You wonder whether there's something going on where the team wants him out there and he doesn't. We don't know, so you can't speculate on that. But what I do know is this. The Browns' defense is going to be what carries them this year, and that's going to be what's consistent all the way through. Oh, yeah. like The Browns' defense, like you said, best in the league, definitely. It's too bad, I mean, um, that the offense, like Nick Chubb, had to go down and that they don't have a healthy Deshaun right now, because this could be a Super Bowl contending team with that defense. Four of the five best single-game performances this season, if you look at success rate, Browns defense and what's crazy is what they did against the run 
game for San Francisco. And again, like, okay, so uh, Christian McCaffrey goes down, but he played the first three quarters of that game. Yeah. And in that game, San Fran ripped off consecutive runs of eight, 27, and five yards to start the first drive. After that, 22 carries for just 68 yards. That's, That's Jim rough. Schwartz right there. Mm-hmm. That's all those pickups. And Miles Garrett, he had, like, the highlight play where he – uh, like hip toss Trent Williams, but it was Delvin Tomlinson. It was all those other guys. That Browns defense is is the real deal, man. Um, if they could find a way to score twenty four to twenty eight points per game, they could be a Super Bowl contending team. But I mean, they're gonna have to get healthy. Obviously. And that's what we were talking about. The Browns being what two years ago, right? It was like, oh, they're a Super Bowl or they're a quarterback away. Yeah, right. You look at them as being a quarterback away. When you take a Forty ers team that's averaging over four hundred yards a game on offense and you hold them to two fifteen and under twenty points, that's a big deal. Right. And the Browns deserve the credit for that, and I think now we're starting to see. Look, I'm still not taking, even though the Eagles and 49ers both lost, both had their struggles offensively. Jalen Hurts looked completely lost out there at times. I still look at the 49ers and Eagles as the two best teams in the NFC right now. Yeah. But the Lions are starting to now creep in, and I'll yeah. admit, some of this may also be the fact that it's the Lions. We've talked about this, right? The Denver Nuggets winning a title. It's like, well, ah, you know, like, ah, but it's the Denver Nuggets, and it's, it's hard to say championship and Denver Nuggets. Well, it's hard for me to say contenders and Detroit Lions, but the reality of it is the Detroit Lions look like a contender, and now they've added Jamison Williams, who, my God, I mean, this guy was looked at as possibly the best wide receiver in that class when he was drafted. Now we're actually getting an opportunity to see him out there after that four-game suspension, and you've just added another dynamic to an offense that was already one of the most potent in the NFL. Well, and the thing that's interesting about the Lions is the only loss that they had was in overtime against the Seattle Seahawks. Like, they, they could be very easily undefeated yes. right now, and they have quality wins. You beat the Chiefs in week one, and maybe you say that's like, oh, the Chiefs don't have Travis Kelsey, and they don't have Chris Jones, and they're coming off of a Super Bowl, so maybe they weren't exactly focused, but... The Lions are coming in with the pieces that they have, and they're beating the people that they, that they have uh, in front of them. So, yeah, I mean, if this wasn't the Lions and they had the, the – the San Francisco 49ers had the Lions roster, we'd yeah. be saying that this roster was good enough to compete for a Super Bowl. For sure. And I really like, obviously, Ben Johnson, the OC. Yeah. And, you know, you love the offense. We love Aiden Hutchinson. It's still – I agree with what you're saying, Nick. Like, right now they're a top-10 team, but I'm not going to put them over the Eagles or the Niners. You know, even though Jared Goff, we've seen him play in a Super Bowl before. Brock Purdy, we've seen him play in an NFC Championship game. And then Jalen played in the Super Bowl last year. So, like, I trust all three quarterbacks in those systems enough. But they all just have to stay healthy, right? Like, for the Lions to succeed and to win a playoff game, Jared Goff's going to need all those pieces. And you saw yesterday David Montgomery get injured. Gibbs wasn't playing in that game. Um, And they're going to need to get a home game. Yeah, they're going to probably need a home game because you don't want to see Goff on the road. You don't want to see Goff, you know, with a team that could get a bunch of yeah, that could get a bunch of pressure. (laughs) But yeah, so I still trust San Fran, but they're going to need all their pieces. Philadelphia, but the NFC is wide open, man. It it really is. And uh, right now, you think the Lions are better than the Cowboys? No, I still like the Cowboys. That's uh, the thing. I gotta like, go Lions. See, guys, good for you, but I think I think you're digging your heels in could, because you don't want to get off that no, hill. No, no. You want to die on that hill. No, could I tell you what's wrong with the Cowboys? You can tell me what's wrong with the Mike Cowboys. McCarthy? It's Mike McCarthy, <laughs> and I know that I've defended him a lot the last well, couple months. At least months, we've come over to this side for that. My eyes are bleeding because I've watched so much Cowboy football the last couple uh, weeks here, and Dak. Okay, so like Dak is not the problem in my opinion. I like Dak better. Uh, actually in the Kellen Moore offense where he's pushing the ball down the field. Mm. Like, they just don't understand the perfect offense for Dak, which is the problem. Also, Tony Pollard hasn't been fully healthy. Also, the offensive line hasn't been fully healthy. No. You're going to need that line to be healthy. You know, CeeDee Lamb's taking a lot of heat. A lot of people saying he's not a true number one. Brandon Cooks is finally getting healthy. I like what I've seen from Michael Gallup two of the last three weeks. You know, uh, he's finally looking healthy again. I just think that... 
We overreact. Do they that's have what I love an offensive about the identity? No, and that's the problem. They don't have an offensive identity. The A dot for Dak is way too low. He's got to push the ball down the field. You didn't bring in like guys like Brandon Cooks to throw the ball five yards down the field. You're going to have to take some deep shots. Um, Mike McCarthy, I know he wants to like run the ball more, but actually if you look at the pass-run splits, it's pretty much identical to what we saw last season, and a lot of that has to do with you're playing from behind in a couple of these games. Like Every game for Dallas has been a blowout. They either blow out teams, so everything's garbage time, or they got blown out by San Francisco, or even the Arizona game. You know, they were out of that game because Dak was throwing bad interceptions. So I just don't think that the team has an identity. They have injuries on defense. But when it's all said and done, it's I still trust them more than I do Detroit. Like, I like Dan Campbell. Let me see him win a playoff game. Let me see him get to the playoffs. You know, I, I like Jared Goff, but I like Dak more. Is, um, is Dak really an upgrade over Jared Goff? And I like Dallas's defense better. I like Ben Johnson yeah. more than I like Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much where I Yeah, yeah. I might like this wall more than Mike McCarthy yeah. these days. We'll see what we get tonight, hey, though. He's a professional football but coach. Okay? This is what I love about this league, though. You know, like one week, Brock Purdy, MVP. Then we're like, you know what? Christian McCaffrey left that game. Debo left that game, and he wasn't able to dump the ball off. Maybe... Christian McCaffrey should get some MVP love. You well, know? we've been now, begging for that. He deserves that conversation. Now, I, I, for like three weeks, was like, I don't think the Eagles are as good as advertised. And everybody's you like, what about you're yeah. crazy, you're, you're crazy. Like, we'd have guests on. Oh, I think you, you like pumped the brakes on that. It's like, it's it changes every week. That's but what I love about the football it. season, though. But the Eagles had a lot of guys missing. Uh, in that game, and we knew that. Jalen Carter didn't play. There, I mean, especially on the defensive side, that injury list was a mess. I even told this to Nick. Like, I love Jalen. I really do. But when I see, like, Jalen, when we do quarterback rankings and I see him top five at number three and I see NFC quarterback number one, I'm not saying, like, Dak's better, especially because he's turned the ball over so much the last couple of years. But are we – you would take – like over Matthew Stafford, a healthy master, Matthew Stafford. You see what the Rams do again yesterday. They're yeah. a three and three football team. Name me like four players on their defense. Aaron Donald's been awesome, but it's been because Matthew Stafford in that offense. You know, even Kirk Cousins. I know that. Um, you know, the narrative is he can't win a playoff game or he struggles in prime time. I don't know. I'm just saying, like Jalen. Well, was, we've kind of shaken that. Though. We've seen him have success in prime time. Jalen's, Minnesota. Jalen's been good, but it's been a shorter sample size. I want to see a little bit more. Um, he played in a Super Bowl last year, but I still had some questions about this team well, coming into the year. It may also come back to the fact you've got two new coordinators in Philadelphia. A lot of that, like <laughs> coordinators, yeah, don't get guys. enough of that credit. That's a lot the of thing. Times. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but they'll still probably be fine. I'm not overreacting. I'd still put Philadelphia and San Francisco as the top two teams in the NFC. Yeah, even uh, after some bad losses. And again, one loss, we, it's an entire season. We get caught up right in the middle, right? Get caught up in the moment with a lot of these teams. Every team, every good team in the NFL is going to have one bad week. So. Oh, yeah. All right, 5-4 now, Texas in the Except eighth. Uh, Jordan Alvarez <laughs> just hit his second <laughs> home run of the game. We're going to talk to Brad Evans. Crazy Brad Evans next. It's Bet MGM tonight. We need to talk about the winners first, so I am going to talk about the Phillies. 
But Jenks, in a minute, we got to talk about the Braves and the sour grapes yeah. that I am seeing from all of the Braves fans. We need to change the format. This wasn't fair. He wasn't supposed to hear that. All right. So when you make all of these excuses, you are saying that the Phillies do not deserve to come out of this series and they were not viable opponents. Let me tell you something. The fact that the Braves were minus 150 in a road game against this red hot mm-hmm. Phillies team, it felt like a terrible price. It felt like the Phillies were the much better team this entire series. And I'll say this, Spencer Strider was pretty good. Uh, One out away from a quality start here, just gave up three solo shots to a really hot lineup. I'm not going to fault him for that. The fault, in my eyes, lies in this Braves Mm -hmm. offense. Like, you can't have the best offense in all of baseball and just suddenly just turn it off in the postseason and be like, well, it's the layoff. That's an excuse for the first game of the series. You can't make that same excuse when there's other teams that are doing it. Look at the Houston Astros. They didn't have any issue with this layoff. Their hitters still came through uh, in a big way. Look at Jose Abreu hitting home runs every five Mm -hmm. seconds. So I am very sick and tired of the excuses that I am seeing for the Atlanta Braves. So that is my two cents uh, without, you know, going into it too much. But Jenks, the Phillies just look like the better team here. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. We are going to power rank the five worst teams in the NFL. They're not power rankings. They're powerless rankings. At number 32, we have the Bears at 0-4. Justin Fields struggling. His QBR close to the bottom in the league. The offense is out of sync. A lot of issues. Plenty of blame to go around. Just not good. It would be the Chicago Bears. The dysfunction matters for something. And the dysfunction has lasted, you know, for a good year now. No surprise, Bears are 32nd. Back to what do you have to hang your hat on? What do the Bears have? Do they have upside with the quarterback? I don't know. We'll see. I want to see how Fields does tomorrow off the best game of his career. I know they don't have a head coach. I know they don't have an offense to speak of. Luke Getzey's a disaster at offensive coordinator. I know they don't have anybody on defense. It's terrible there. I mean, they just don't, they have nothing. I don't know if they have a GM. I know the ownership stinks. We've got the Panthers at 31. Nothing is going right. Bryce Young came back and the offense uh, wasn't very good. Then at number 31, I've got the Carolina Panthers. The fourth and sixth lowest success rates among qualified quarterbacks belong to Andy Dalton and Bryce Young. 29, I I decided to go with Carolina there. I know they're 0-4, but um, I went 29 because, look, I don't... I don't know that Reich was the right hire. 
Now, offensively, they're a mess, but they just drafted their franchise quarterback, and early on, it looks like Bryce Young might be the worst of those top few guys. He might be. A one in three team again. The New York Giants. The Giants have now been outscored 64 to 3 at home this season and would be winless if it wasn't for that comeback against the Cardinals, another team that could possibly be on this list. Now, the Giants, this is where we're going. Like, what do you have to hang your hat on? Um, I don't want to kill them because of the injuries, the brutal injuries they've dealt with on each side of the box. Andrew Thomas and Saquon are so vital to this team, but it's not like they're good with, with them. On Jordan the Alvarez, two home runs now in this game. Dos, I mean, he has been, he's been the one bat they've been able to count on so far in this series. Yeah, he's been awesome, man. You know what else has been awesome this postseason? And I can't believe I'm about to say this. Uh-huh. Ryan Baseball. Ryan Baseball moved to a perfect 8-0 yesterday. Good for you. Yeah, I've been on fire. Uh, nothing for me tonight. Uh, I'm going to stay away, but if I were to try to keep the hot streak a little hot, I would go under in Diamondbacks Phillies. Obviously, we're going to talk about this one a little bit later on. I like the pitching matchup. It's 7.5 right now, and it's plus money Scary. if you shop around, plus 105. I, my predicted score tonight, T, 3-2, Phillies win. I like that. And if I'm In I, fact, bet the exact result why not i think if uh, you were as judicious betting football as you were baseball you would have a very high hit rate mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, he just likes the juice he just likes the action yeah just just something you want a little bit of something just every like, time ah, hey 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 if you're gonna send me to the beautiful mgm national harbor on a monday night i'm gonna dabble in some uh, maybe some first touchdown I props am. i'm gonna dabble in some cd lamb over five and a half receptions like even it. though that price is now minus 120 but i'm probably gonna dabble in a little bit more after we talk with brad evans because uh that's my guy. That's my prop guy right there. And our Illini are officially back. They, they light our stadium yes. on fire, and that just pumps us up. That just motivates us. Well, let's we bring him on back, now. Baby. Brad Evans, co-host, live on the line. Uh, let's just go big picture with you as we always do. What are you on tonight? We're, some of us are sitting here, Brad. We're kind of kind of struggling when it comes to taking a side or a total on this. Don't know what type of defense we're going to see from the Cowboys. Is this going to be a revenge game for a certain Chargers offensive coordinator? Where are you on this? Yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, quite honestly. Got a little sprinkling on the Chargers' money line, and I know it's a, kind of a home-road matchup for them. Uh, it's, it's probably going to be 60-40 Cowboys and Chargers faithful in the stands there at SoFi. Uh, but I think the Chargers are going to put up some points. I think points could be plentiful in this game because L.A. refuses to defend down the field. Dak Prescott should have a revival of sorts. Uh, Tony Pollard should have a very nice game as a rusher and definitely as a receiver. Uh, but honestly, my favorite bet on the board is welcome back, the pride of Gunnison, Colorado, in Western State, now called Western Colorado, and Austin Eckler. Uh, I love the over on his yeah. receptions prop. I remember sitting at four and a half. I got that even money at BetMGM. They had the best odds in the business on that prop earlier today, and I locked and loaded it. Uh, we only saw him in week one against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, he only had four receptions in that game. Uh, but a guy that runs oodles of routes, he was number one last season in total routes run uh, in a contest. And with Dallas and a talented secondary, even without Diggs, uh, they can really get after uh, their assignments. Means that Eckler is going to be an option as a check down and on some design, maybe screens, some uh, shallow crosses, short slant routes. He's going to pile up the receptions. He have, may have three by halftime and only need a couple of more to cash. What do you think about this total, Brad? Because it's 50 and a half. You know, these two offenses we know can get up and down the field pretty fast. 
Dallas has a great defense when they come to play. Without Diggs, it's been very touch and go. First half is actually 24 and a half. Juice minus 120 to the under. How do you see this playing out in terms of the total points? Yeah, I like the over, to be honest with you. Now, did I bet on it? No, I didn't because I'm all about the SGPs and the alt markets that are available out there. It's slapping a few things together, reduce the juice, and then get seduced by the juice <laughs> at plus money. That's how I like to rock and roll in these suckers. So uh, I took the uh, total down, and actually the way I attacked it, I uh, explained this a lot online. I'll just give you guys the same four-leg SGP and get your thoughts on it. I got Austin Eckler anytime touchdown, Lake Numeruto. Mm, I got the Chargers it. on it all fresh a plus seven and a half i took the total then down to 42 and a half and slammed the over on that because again of the shortcomings defensively of the chargers and the cowboys have been rather inconsistent in that area here of late in the fourth and final leg all the Dak attack Dak prescott 225 plus pass yards you put all those together Without the boost, and you could apply that at BetMGM to this if you wanted to, but without the boost is the cool, crisp, plus 190. Nice. I like it. I like that yeah. a lot. Hey, Brad, I wanted to ask you about the slot receiver position tonight for the Chargers because obviously Mike Williams uh, done for the year. So I think one of these guys is going to eat tonight, and it's either Josh Palmer, whose receiving yards are sitting there at 42 and a half, or we get a buy low spot and a guy that hasn't really produced yet, but he's a rookie yeah. coming off the buy, Quentin Johnston. Low number, 32 and a half. That could be a reception or two for him. He only runs a couple routes in that route tree. Who do you like more, Palmer or uh, Johnston, or is there maybe a wild card that you think could go off tonight for the Chargers at a lower total? Yeah, look, uh, I think one of these guys uh, definitely going to have a ton of upside tonight. There's no question about it. That is an area of advantage uh, for a wide receiver against his very talented secondary, even without digs, of the Dallas Cowboys. Got a lot of team speed. They fly and ball hawk all over the, uh, the map, really. But I like Johnston a little bit more than Palmer. I think Palmer is a guy, yeah, he's got the rhythm. He's got the established chemistry there with Justin Herbert, and Herbert definitely trusts him down the field. Uh, but I think Quentin Johnson, a guy that we haven't really seen all the tools in the box for him yet. I mean, at TCU last season, a guy that could really stretch the field, down the field, but he was also highly effective in the screen game. He is a break tackle beast after the catch, and maybe that is uh, the X factor in this game, is getting him the ball in space on a high-percentage throw and then letting him operate in that space uh, because he's got the body size. Of course, he's got the late turn and the wheels as well uh, to eat up a lot of real estate when he's got the ball in his hand. So with that low threshold for us to cross in the 30s, uh, could be a 40-yard kind of game for the rookie out of TCU. Love it. Talking to Brad Evans, BetMGM tonight. So uh, we got a Chargers receiver, Simi Fihoko, who played uh, for Kellen Moore at the Cowboys and said, Kellen Moore wants to put up 100 points tonight if he can against the Cowboys and Mike <laughs> McCarthy, and he's going to keep scoring if he can. I assume you'll probably see this the same way, factor that in and go, yeah, there's a good chance Kellen Moore wants to step on the throat of the Cowboys tonight. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and again, the very partisan home crowd there is uh, going to play a factor as well in a positive way, I think, for the home team. Uh, the L.A. Chargers obviously can put up a boatload of points, uh, more than capable of doing that. So, you know, in this particular contest, I, you know, I really think uh, points are going to be plentiful on both sides of the ball. And, I, you know, I've got a ton of props as a result of that. I'll give you some more, guys. I already am yeah. on Eckler on everything there. I took the Chargers. I kind of like them again and straight up on the money line. I think Dak Prescott is going to throw for two passing touchdowns in this game. 
Uh, I know he's only done that once a season, but he is number one in red zone attempts among all NFL passers. Now he's quarterback 18 in red zone completion percentage. Uh, he has gotten to the, you know, the altar, but he hasn't really put the ring on it and uh, consummated the marriage. <laughs> but I think that could happen that a couple of times. And I like Brandon Cooks a great deal as well. And it's all about taking advantage of the quarterback matchup. He's expected to line up most often against Michael Davis uh, in this Charger secondary. He's allowed four touchdowns, 138.8 passer rating, and 71.9 catch percentage. So, true story, I got Cooks for any time touchdown at plus 280. I've got Cooks over, and I grabbed it when the line opened at 34 and a half receiving yards. I still play on it right now on the 36 and a half hell i played up to 39 and a half and i got cooks for over 17 and a half yards longest reception his longest this year is only 16 ah but the story is gonna change tonight because he is gonna own michael davis with those fleet feet oh those are some good nuggets there brad i'm curious there's i think a little bit of um I would call it skewed math when you look at the Cowboys and how many passing yards allowed uh, their defense is allowing, right? They've had to play against the Cardinals and the Jets and uh, a bunch of stinky offenses except for the San Francisco 49ers when Brock Purdy went crazy. Uh, I think the number for Justin Herbert is in the 274 and a half range. The last time I saw, maybe that's gone up. What would you do there? I wouldn't play it, to be honest with you. I think it's a very well-said number. If you want a little Justin Herbert action in this game, uh, I would take the over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns or maybe even a toy with the idea of taking the over on rush yards. Uh, he has been an opportunistic runner at times this season. They have an aggressive uh, pass rush there, the Dallas Cowboys. Again, a lot of team speed, uh, maybe some break-contained situations. He calls his own number, tucks and runs, and scores a winner here in the end. So those are the two markets that I am most interested on and with Justin Herbert, but I think the 275-ish uh, player prop line uh, is well-suited and well-priced. Uh, Dallas, uh, you're right. I mean, they played a lot of lackluster offenses with the exception of San Francisco, but they are still number four in EPA per play defense overall, and they are top 10 in EPA pass defense. So breaking it down to a grander level, they're still getting the job done. Oh, yeah. Brad, anything else for uh, next week that has caught your eye already, whether it's a side total or maybe some player props that you're going to have circled? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was doing some research uh, today. There's there's nothing uh, line-wise available yet, so I'm just going to give you some gut feelings on a couple of player props that I can't wait to populate and surface there on BetMGM. Uh, Puka Nakua. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to jump off the bandwagon after he had kind of a quiet performance yesterday. Cooper Cup is doing the usual Cooper Cup things, and that is owning that backside, uh, which he has done a back-to-back games. Uh, but I think Nakua is going to have a touchdown uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, why? Because he's getting a lot of Patrick Peterson in coverage. And Peterson, a shell of what he once was, he's already allowed – Three touchdowns to his assignments this season, well north of 100 passer ratings. And Akua and Stafford, I think, are connect for a six in that game. And whatever the rush yards are on Saquon Barkley, I am in. I cannot get over the fact the Giants were as competitive as they were last night, had a real shot to win that damn game uh, there on the road at Buffalo. And the offensive line played extraordinarily well. They had another injury on that front, but they were able to really – galvanized and uh they blocked uh terrifically for saquon barkley uh no repercussions uh simming from that bum wheel 
uh, that high ankle sprain that he, you know, was forced to miss a lot of action with in Washington, uh, who they're facing the Giants. Number 22 at EPA rush defense. They're going up 4.17 yards, nearly 87 rush yards per game. Uh, so I don't care what the number is on the ground for Saquon. I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere in the 70s. I may play it up to like 89 and a half, 94 and a half. He is going ham here in week seven. Brad, I don't know if you saw what was just going on. Uh, the Chargers and Cowboys had an all-out brawl at midfield as we're getting ready oh, for the awesome. game. So that, that shows yes. us the type they're of game we've over got Kellen tonight. Moore. Get ready. Yeah, they're fighting over Kellen Moore. <laughs> Jerry Jones is down they're there. like, hey, we didn't like this guy, but he's way better than McCarthy. I mean, we got, like, everybody down there on the field. It was an all-out. Like, they're swinging at each other. So that shows you the type of game we're going to have. Hey, we watched the Eagles. We watched the 49ers both lose this weekend. Look, you know this, right? The NFL, everybody has one or two bad weeks, depending on – how good a team, like whatever, like it's, it's we kind of get caught up in the moment sometimes. I still look at both the 49ers and Eagles as the two best teams in the NFC, but I'm starting to feel like the Lions are climbing in there. Where are yeah. you now in terms of the top of the NFC? Are you concerned after what you saw from the Eagles and 49ers? Or are you just chalking it up as one bad game? Yeah, one bad game for San Francisco. I, I'm more concerned if uh, it is an alarming injury that comes alight on Christian McCaffrey. You know, had the MRI yeah. and the oblique. We don't know the uh, exact results yet. Uh, sounds like Debo Samuel could be back here in short order. So, you know, breathe some comforting air if you're a Niners fan, at least in that regard. But, well, you know, jury's still out in terms of Christian McCaffrey. But I, I'm not too worried when that team is at 100% of firing on all cylinders. I am a little bit concerned about Philly, and not offensively, because they got weapons everywhere. I mean, A.J. Brown, he went off. Uh, Devontae Smith, Cable getting 100 yards every single week. Uh, DeAndre Swift has been magnificent. Dallas Goddard uh, has played quite well at times this year, and Jalen Hurts is, uh, you know, the ultimate scoring duelist that is out there. But defensively, especially on the back end, uh, without Darius Slay, I mean, with Darius Slay, who's got north of 100 pass rating allowed to his assignments this season, that could lead to Philly's undoing down the stretch this season if they punch a ticket for the postseason. I'm worried about that back end defensively more than anything else. So that raises uh, my level of concern with Philadelphia as a whole. I don't think they're nearly as strong of a squad as they were last year. Yeah, they certainly don't look like it, Brad, especially last uh, last night or like yesterday. Denver and Carolina, both 0-5-1 against the spread. Which team do you think gets a win first? Uh, I'm going to say Carolina. I mean, Denver, uh, you know, just send all the My Little Ponies to the glue factory. They're done. Just oh, lose geez. out. Jeez. I mean, Mike, hey, you know what? If you like sparkles, so be it. You know, they may have comable, beautiful, colorful hair. I don't care. They're terrible. They're rubbish. They're awful. They should have both hooves at the glue factory. No question about it. And they're going to have a conversation for maybe the number one overall pick. Uh, the one saving grace of Denver is that the ground game got a, going a little bit. Uh, on Thursday night in the game against Kansas City, Javante, juggernaut Javante Williams, looking like his old self, uh, Julio McLaughlin, has been uh, quite the uh, hidden gem and fine for them. And you know Sean Payton loves them. But I, you know, Carolina showed a little fight. Now, it was early, and Miami woke up from their temporary slumber and then just laid the DDT on that ass in that game. But uh, I will say they were at least competitive for about a half. Uh, that lends to maybe some positivity down the stretch. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they probably got a win or two uh, that they will secure eventually. But the Broncos, who knows? Uh, they may go over the rest of the season. Brad, you never let us down, my friend. Always good talking to you. To my little ponies <laughs> to the glue I, I, I have a whole vision of. 
My Little Pony's getting grinded up. Uh, it's, it's a bad, bad thing. I have just all kinds of thoughts in my head. Brad, you're the best. Thanks for coming Thanks, on, Thanks, Brad. <laughs> hey, we all need glue. I'm out, guys. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore. We need to talk about the winners first, so I am going to talk about the Phillies. But, Jenks, in a minute, we got to talk about the Braves and the sour grapes yeah. that I am seeing from all of the Braves fans. We need to change the format. This wasn't fair. He wasn't supposed to hear that. All right, so when you make all of these excuses, you are saying that the Phillies do not deserve to come out of this series, and they were not viable opponents. Let me tell you something. The fact that the Braves were minus 150 in a road game against this red-hot mm -hmm. Phillies team, it felt like a terrible price. It felt like the Phillies were the much better team this entire series. And I'll say this. Spencer Strider was pretty good. Uh, one out away from a quality start here. Just gave up three solo shots to a really hot lineup. I'm not going to fault him for that. The fault, in my eyes, lies in this Braves mm -hmm. offense. Like, you can't have the best offense in all of baseball and just suddenly just turn it off in the postseason and be like, well, it's the layoff. That's an excuse for the first game of the series. You can't make that same excuse when there's other teams that are doing it. Look at the Houston Astros. They didn't yep. have any issue with this layoff. Their hitters still came through uh, in a big way. Look at Jose Abreu hitting home runs every five mm -hmm. seconds. So I am very sick and tired of the excuses that I am seeing for the Atlanta Braves. So that is my two cents uh, without, you know, going into it too much. But Jenks, the Phillies just look like the better team here. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. We are going to power rank the five worst teams in the NFL. They're not power rankings. They're powerless rankings. At number 32, we have the Bears at 0-4. Justin Fields struggling. His QBR close to the bottom in the league. The offense is out of sync. A lot of issues. Plenty of blame to go around. 
just not good. It would be the Chicago Bears. The dysfunction matters for something. And the dysfunction has lasted, you know, for a good year now. No surprise, Bears are 32nd. Back to what do you have to hang your hat on? What do the Bears have? Do they have upside with the quarterback? I don't know. We'll see. I want to see how Fields does tomorrow off the best game of his career. I know they don't have a head coach. I know they don't have an offense to speak of. Luke Getzey's a disaster at offensive coordinator. I know they don't have anybody on defense. It's terrible there. I mean, they just don't. They have nothing. I don't know if they have a GM. I know the ownership stinks. We've got the Panthers at 31. Nothing is going right. Bryce Young came back, and the offense uh, wasn't. We need to talk about the winners first, so I am going to talk about the Phillies. But, Jenks, in a minute, we got to talk about the Braves and the sour grapes that I am seeing from all of the Braves fans. We need to change the format. This wasn't fair. He wasn't supposed to hear that. All right, so when you make all of these excuses, you are saying that the Phillies do not Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm just sitting here building a parlay. Good. No, no big deal. Why not? But we do. Like, you know, let's jump That's in on it. You know, might as well. Another I one even, comes in. I even got a small little parlay tonight oh. for 20 bucks. Do you? What'd yeah. You, what'd you go with? Uh, yeah, here, actually. Let's let me do just, it. Let me just throw it to you guys. Real quick while you're looking that up. Uh, Rangers just won this thing 5-4 over the Astros. Rangers up 2 nothing now in that series. 24 minutes from now, Phillies, Diamondbacks, their game one is going to have their first pitch. Uh, Phillies minus 165 on the money line. You get them on the run line at plus 125. Diamondbacks uh, minus 155 on the run line there. And the uh, Horvat lean would be the under in that game. And we're running yeah. hot right now. That total seven right Ain't now. No right the now, under's no. even money, too, by oh, the way. Oh, it dropped down to seven It dropped now? down to seven. The under's even money at seven. So. Hey, that's what we do here. Closing yeah. line value. There even you in, go. Even in baseball, kids. Uh, so my same game parlay, which I think I'm 0 for 8 on these. I, I'm not a big parlay guy. I hit, like, one every five years. Chargers <laughs> plus one and a half. Kellen Moore revenge aggressive. game. Total points under 50 and a half. Everybody's going to think. Cowboys, Chargers, love the under. Kellen Moore revenge game. Yeah, and I, I kind of like both defenses. Well, I like the talent for the Chargers defense. I don't necessarily the love names. their defense, but they do get Joey Bosa back tonight. Last time we saw Khalil Mack, he did have six sacks. They've traded away J.C. Jackson. He was a member of that Patriots team that cost me a couple units, about a dime yesterday. Mac Jones, you know what you did to me, you son of a bitch. Uh, so did really you say quick, sorry. A dime. Chargers plus one and a half. I had a lot of money on the Patriots <laughs> yesterday. About thinking you know, of a different thing. Like yeah, bucks. so so was yeah. I. Chargers yeah, okay, plus good. We're char- on the same page. Chargers, no, not not a dime back. <laughs> yeah, I've been so, looking no, for the no. wee man. It's the first no, thing I, no, I, I know what you I meant. I don't think they sell those. Anymore. I know what you I meant, remember, but I thought something do. different. Great reference. <laughs> you just have more money now. Of course, they sell dime bags, Ryan. Were you serious? 
we're in Maryland, you can just walk into a store and get it. Now. All right. Like, so this, anyway. this one pays out plus seventeen hundred. So it's just it's just a little seven legger. So it's not the classic. Seventeen to one. Yeah, it's not that. This big. is why you only win one every five years. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I think this is going to be one that actually hits. Okay, so go. we got the Chargers. Plus That's always how we feel, though. That's how parlays get you. That's how it works. We got the Chargers plus one and a half. We got the under fifty and a half. Love we got it. Austin Eckler to score an anytime touchdown. Love it. We got Tony Pollard to score an anytime touchdown. All right. We got C.D. Lamb five plus receptions. Austin like Eckler, two-plus receptions. Like it. Tony Pollard, two-plus receptions. Like All it. that, 17 to 1. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of like a conservative, hey, if this doesn't hit, I'm the never conservatively playing one of these again. conservatively realistic yeah. parlay, as I like yeah. to call it. Yeah. I and, have one. I like that a lot. Yeah. And let me just throw out right now, the number's probably not going to change, but I, CeeDee Lamb is going to work primarily out of the slot against this Chargers defense tonight, right? His reception's number, five and a half. A lot of questions floating around CeeDee Lamb. Is he a true number one? I like CeeDee Lamb yeah. a lot, so that's my favorite prop I did prop take the tonight. over on his receptions. And Quinton Johnston, this number's changed a little bit. Over 32.5 receiving yards coming out of the bye. I mean, Palmer's ding right a, now. We're in a parlay segment right now. Oh, well, yeah, I just want to throw these out really quick, okay. though, because we're 45 you minutes You can take through. them together and, and make I'm a parlay And I'm starting to get text it. messages, See. and my new thing is I tell everybody, like, I'm not giving you guys free picks anymore. you got to watch the show. Oh, I like that. That's smart. I just had to pay for my son's braces. I just had to re-up on my lease, so I need everybody to be watching the show. That includes you, Uncle Goose. No more free picks. That Gotta includes watch the you, Find the Joe. damn podcast. Five-star review, even if you're from Philadelphia. Me and Nick said all nice things about true. Philadelphia I like a Philadelphia cheesesteak. I played poker the weekend, one time actually. with Embiid. He drank water. Yeah. I pounded Red Bull Vodkas. Yeah. Quentin Johnston, over 32 and a half receiving yards. Sorry to take up your time. On with the parlays. All right. Woo. Just to piggyback. I'm going to go get a rum and coke. On your parlay. No. Oh. It's this is the conser- conservatively effective parlay. Justin Herbert, over 229.5 passing yards. Like I talked to Brad Evans about this, I think the actual true number is in the 270s. If he can't get 229.5 passing yards against a depleted secondary, something is wrong. Okay, Justin Herbert, two passing touchdowns thrown. I think that that's an automatic lock. That that yeah. over one and a half touchdowns, I think, is my favorite prop of the night. I don't love the value. I think it's, what, minus 115 or something like that, depending on where. Um, but I really like that. Cowboys, under 27 and a half total points for them. Okay. I, it's either one or the other for them. They're either blowing people out with for 40 points against the Giants uh, or they're scoring 10 points on their own. I think it's going to be closer to the latter. I think Cowboys score 17 to 23 points tonight. Uh, and then Dak Prescott, under 299.5 passing yards. I mean, let's be honest. That's not happening tonight. Right. That's not right. happening tonight. He's not getting mm. 300. He's not doing that, Ryan. I have him in my fantasy league, and I've been clocking him, and he's giving me nothing. I just love that he's more of the Cowboys fan than you. You're, like, realistic about everything, and he's so fanboy plus over here with the Cowboys. I like Dak. That's four <laughs> legs. That's Good dude, four too. legs plus 380. Yeah. See, here's here's the thing, though. Because I was about to walk over to the window, and I love the parlay. Walk I think to that the hits. I think we all get rich tonight, and then all you guys right. are hanging out until 2 a.m. We got roulette to play. Love it. Here with our show sponsor, BetMGM. I'm going to pump some money. They, they, they do such a go- good job. That's that's not English. Good job uh, putting money in our wallets that maybe I'll give them some back tonight at the uh, roulette table because it's been it's a, very generous it's been a rough you. run That's here. wow. You just, but, uh, I, after you said that you have braces to pay look for. Look at that guy right there, Trista. Not giving out free bets. So the last time we saw Dak was against San Francisco, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Didn't look very good, did he? Yep. No. Threw a bunch of really bad interceptions. Yep. Sunday night football. 
Look at how motivated he, he looks. He looks right scared now. right now. No, I'm no, not going to no. lie. He's I sweating. Think yeah, the I narrative's think he looks, back. What is wrong yep. with him? Why is he already sweating? He looks I, unprepared. I, unprepared for this, Ryan. It's going to be ugly. I saw a TikTok video. I'm not much of a TikToker. TikTok? My son is, though. Oh, is and he? Does he ever a, see me on there? There's a new... Yes, he does. No, I don't know. <laughs> There's a new Dak video, and it's called The Interception Man. Sing us a song. You're the in- throw us a pick. You're the interception man. I love that. He's motivated tonight. You know what? Give me all the Dak overs. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. But I can see the Cowboys winning this game. That's why I'm staying away. I'm going to stay away from the uh, Dak Prescott under one and a half passing TDs. No, I can see him going off tonight. I don't think he has more than two all season. You know, speaking of an over two, Michael Gallup, like, I understand he only had two receptions last him. week, 15 yards. Yeah. He had still was targeted five times last week, six the week before, seven the week before that. You can actually get over three and a half receptions at BetMGM with him for plus 130 right now. Like, that's, that's a reasonable number given what we saw the previous two weeks. Yeah. And even though he only had two receptions last week, he still had five targets. So, to me, I'm more concerned with the targets, the volumes there, which gives you a chance to say, okay, like, there is a like he is one of Dak Prescott's favorite targets. He usually gets the opportunities. So to be able to get plus money there, plus one thirty to go over three and a half receptions, I mean that's something. Don't even worry about a parlay. I'd even just jump on that in your own and just take it because this is this is an opportunity here, especially if CeeDee Lamb is targeted. Maybe he is it does have the dropskis. Maybe he isn't playing well. I know you talk about the narrative and how sure. like he's heard it. And that's sure, there's a chance, but there's also a chance that early on. You just go to Michael Gallup, and he gets some of those opportunities. So I, there, there, are mo- there are multiple weapons on this Cowboys offense, and if Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy could get them involved early, it's going to make a huge difference. But they've got to go out there, and they've got to kind of set that tone early in this game. And I think going to somebody other than CeeDee Lamb is a really yeah. good opportunity for and them And if you look that. at the last three games, Michael Gallup targeted six times per game in those three games. And the only difference between the San Francisco game and the Patriots and the Cardinals game is really just the drops, two receptions against the Niners, yeah. five against the Patriots, six against the Cardinals. So in those other two games, 60 yards receiving, 92 yards receiving. I'd say Michael Gallup has the most upside in terms of like a sneaky receiver in this matchup. And this is why I like the Dallas offense coming into the season. They just haven't clicked yet. And a lot of that I think has to do with the offensive line not being fully healthy. You know, they're going to be fully healthy tonight. Getting Zach Martin back 100%. Would be huge. There's a reason you paid him all that money this offseason. But the reason I like Dallas coming into the season, you know, I worried a little bit about Tony Pollard. Is he going to be 100% because he suffered that injury so late? And But I like what we saw from Michael Gallup in the preseason, like enough and in camp. Because last year he just didn't look like Michael Gallup coming no. off that ACL. Yeah. You know, yeah. he hasn't really looked like himself since 2019. But uh, yeah, I mean, the last couple weeks. He's, he, that, that's been really encouraging. you got to get Brandon Cooks involved in this offense. They said that on the broadcast against San Francisco in primetime. Collinsworth brought it up. You know, they're trying them on end arounds, but that's why I kind of like the matchup for all three top receivers. I don't know what to do with Jake Ferguson because, obviously, like you could eat across the middle, uh, the middle of the field against this Chargers defense, but I could see all three of those guys operating out of the slot, and that's where you could take advantage of this uh, Chargers secondary, right? But Michael Gallup could work out of the slot. CeeDee Lamb, even though he's your number one, doesn't really play all the time on the outside. You work him all around the field. And then Brandon Cooks, like his receptions tonight at three and a half, that's a number where if Mike McCarthy's smart, which, you know, <laughs> he should have that going he's, into the yeah, half, though. Interesting you know, like... You should get him involved very early. It should be Dak, quick, short throws, especially after what we saw against San Francisco, and then run the ball later on in the game with Tony Pollard. If you just come out with these first down draw plays, even though the Chargers struggle against the run, they could just stack the box. You know what I mean? So um, I want to see something creative tonight. One thing I know is Kellen Moore is going to look to, like you said, Trista, hang like 40 tonight. What do you guys think? 
I'm staying away because I like the I lean under in the game. What would you think about like a team total over for the Chargers tonight? Oh, I love that. Problem is, it's that Dallas defense. I know See, it was a bad showing against San Fran, and that's, but that's what, San Fran that's with their healthy weapons. That's what concerns me about the Cowboys and really this game is like, which Cowboys defense are you going to get? We've yeah. seen them look elite. Again, if they can get pressure with, on Justin Herbert, that they have they the got to get home. Micah Parsons has to get home. Yeah, they, pressure, yes, if you they can't, can't just be yeah, yeah, if they can't, then even a banged up Josh Palmer is going to be able. And Keenan Allen, like Keenan Allen, could eat. We haven't spoke about Keenan Allen really at all. Uh, I could see Justin Herbert really targeting him a ton. He's been pretty healthy pretty much all year, which is shocking for Keenan Allen. So, I mean, if they can't get natural pressure on Justin Herbert. I mean, it's going to be a long, long day. It's going to be a long, long day because you've got – this is why I like the under, too, is because you've got an anemic offense for mm-hmm. Dallas where if you can get any pressure on Dak, pretty much all season long he's looked bad, even against the Cardinals. And then you've got um, – so that, that kind of impedes Dallas in terms of their ability to score is just them on their offensive side. And then you've got Dallas's defense that could potentially put a damper – on the Chargers who already are struggling with injuries. So I really like the under in this game. Maybe maybe I'm just crazy, but I like the under in the first half, and I like the under in the full game. It's actually gone down from 50 and a half to now 50. Yeah. So it's moving. Just yeah. just enough. Yeah, And uh, but that's this. Oh God, that's what makes it so difficult, though. You know, because you can kind of swing either way if you really wanted to. You could justify why it could be a high-scoring game or why it could be a low-scoring game. I think we'll kind of have an idea early on what that Cowboys defense look like, looks like, and I think that's the key. We talk about, like, it's one thing on the offense and getting guys like Gallup involved and all that. The reality of it is, too, we know what their strength is. It's the defense for this Dallas Cowboys team, and if you're going to go out there and Micah Parsons is going to get home early, Micah's going to get, you know, some pressure on there and then allows the secondary to not be hung out on an island, and they've got opportunities to, like, that, that's where I think the difference is going to be in this game is just yeah. that game plan of getting after the quarterback early and making Justin Herbert's life difficult. Yeah, that's why I'm just sticking with my props tonight, the Quentin Johnson prop. I like the Eckler receptions that Brad talked about as well, four and a half receptions. It just scares me because we haven't seen him since week one. thousand percent. Yeah. You know, he's coming off the injury. But it's going to have to, especially if Cowboys, the Cowboys are getting that pressure, it's going to yeah. have to be Justin Herbert dumping the ball off quickly. Yep. So I like the slot receivers, and I like Eckler tonight, even though he da- is. Dallas has to be injury. good in the red zone tonight, too, converting just 36% of their red zone trips yeah. into touchdowns. That's just, you can't do that. Chargers defense is ninth in the red zone. So they're holding teams. That's really going to be the difference there, too, is if Dallas can convert in the red zone, actual touchdowns, not field goals. That's what they really need. Yeah. All right, we are 20 minutes away from kickoff. It's BetMGM tonight. Yeah. We need to talk about the winners first, so I am going to talk about the Phillies. But, Jenks, in a minute, we got to talk about the Braves and the sour grapes that I am seeing from all of the Braves fans. We need to change the format. This wasn't fair. He wasn't supposed to hear that. All right, so when you make all of these excuses, you are saying that the Phillies do not deserve to come out of this series, and they were not viable opponents. 
Let me tell you something. The fact that the Braves were minus 150 in a road game against this red-hot mm-hmm. Phillies team, it felt like a terrible price. It felt like the Phillies were the much better team this entire series. And I'll say this, Spencer Strider was pretty good. Uh, One out away from a quality start here, just gave up three solo shots to a really hot lineup. I'm not going to fault.